Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. You know, sometimes uh, when things start occurring, consequences begin to add up. Things you didn't see coming, situations you couldn't uh, have dreamt up two months ago are suddenly a reality for a lot of Wisconsin farms and agribusinesses. David Kras is with Michael Best uh, Law Firm and a gentleman that many of us in Wisconsin agriculture have come to know uh, because he is a champion of agriculture. Dave, i got to just ask you, what kinds of conversations you and your team have been having? You mentioned to me that you've got you know, literally groups of uh, professionals that are trying to answer questions from a lot of different areas of agribusiness, food production, and farming. Uh, what kinds of things are popping up that we never saw coming? Boy, Pam, you couldn't be more spot on uh, with that, that that introductory comment. Um, you know, things we couldn't have imagined in terms of supply chain disruption um, two months ago, you know, are in front of us. Um, a lot of uh, not only dairy producers, but also dairy processors and other food processors are dealing with workforce disruptions, um, workforce concerns. So everything, you know, reaching back to the original uh, safer at home type orders. Um, and of course, you know, agriculture doesn't respect jurisdictional lines. So it, it, it's a domestic and global uh, business. And um, so everything from complying with these local, you know, safer at home orders that in some, in Texas, for example, it's down to the counties. It's up to the counties to, to decide um, rather than the state, uh, such as we're seeing here in Wisconsin. And all kinds of disruptions that have uh, rippled from that. Obviously, the supply chain disruptions are what's on the front of everyone's minds right now. The the, the slaughterhouse um, shutdowns and the consequences that, that that's having, uh, you know, Smithfield, South Dakota situation just announced this week. Uh, and then, of course, the milk supply chain with uh, significant institutional uh, consumers uh, not there. Uh, the restaurant uh, industry totally shut down. The institutional market totally shut down. We now have supply chain disruptions that um, that are hitting uh, hitting the farm gate. Yeah, and hitting it hard, too. And because of that, we're being forced to do things that most farmers absolutely object to, but we have no other way right now, and that's dumping milk. You know, although it's not a good situation, it's not what we want to do. Unfortunately, we also have to be very careful how we're doing it or we're going to suffer consequences there too. No question, Pam. I do want to commend our state of Wisconsin Department of Agriculture, Trade and Consumer Protection and our state DNR for their very rapid response um, to date um, on, on this issue. They very quickly, by the end of of uh, March, uh, very quickly got guidance out to farmers and processors as we heard that this um, this was a threat. Uh, I think when it was first um, announced, many people didn't think it would would happen because the processing industry has for so many years been so good at at uh, milk pooling and and you know moving milk uh, to to various markets. And um, but it's but it's here, and and we've seen guidance from. 
New York, Michigan, um, you know, national guidance on this. And our state was and our state regulatory agencies were extremely uh, prompt in in getting guidance out to farmers, getting guidance out to processors in terms of their recommendations on how uh, to most safely uh, handle the situation. We cannot have any direct discharges of milk to either surface waters, uh, groundwater, or wetlands. So it's up to uh, it's up to our industry to um, conduct risk management and manage that waste stream um, as safely as possible. You know, manure pits. Of course, the concern there is the spring of the year. Uh, arises here is um, is overtopping, so we have to be very careful about that. Um, land application, you know, consider the risk factors such as setbacks from surface waters, setbacks from wetlands, uh, sandy soils to protect groundwater, being mindful of that, um, using injection and incorporation where possible to minimize uh, the risk of, of, of uh, milk running off on land application site. And I should say just to uh, carry on the, the, the point about um, how DNR and DECAP have responded. You know, they've made efforts uh, for the regulated community, those uh, uh, farms that are CAFOs and processors that are considering or cons- their waste streams are considered industrial waste um, to expedite both um, approvals of additional fields to nutrient management plans, um, as well as expediting the approval of additional land spreading uh, fields that um, processors may need. So everyone is is teaming together. Uh, and and DACCAP has been out front, uh, you know, holding uh, Wednesday calls with uh, various facets of the agriculture industry across the state to identify concerns and try to brainstorm solutions. And, you know, the silver lining out of some of this uh, terrible stuff is how the state is really coming together and people are coming together to try to find solutions in difficult times. Yeah, and quickly at that, if you're just joining us, this is David Krass. He's a partner with the Michael Best Law Firm in uh, Madison and a uh, gentleman that works a lot on behalf of agriculture, agribusiness. Dave, let's talk a little bit about another option that suddenly got discussion on this milk disposal situation, and that's trying to incorporate it in to some of the anaerobic digesters we've got across the state. Some are now on farm, others in uh, different locations. At first blush, that may seem like a very well-controlled opportunity, but boy, you can make that whole system collapse pretty quickly if you're not careful about things. Yeah, we wanted to we wanted to advise uh, farmers that have digesters on site, or you know, um, the food processing industry has a lot of anaerobic digestion. As you know, Pam, uh, Wisconsin leads the nation in the number of anaerobic digesters um, that are operational, and um, so milk disposal in a digester is an option. We don't want to you know, send the message that it's not an option, but you have to think about it and you have to be careful in how you approach it. Um, if you're a farmer and you've got an on-site digester, you have to involve uh, the the engineering experts and the technical experts um, that uh, that developed the digester uh, or, or built it or are helping you, you know, operate and maintain it because it's a, it's a, it's a microbial community that can be disrupted, um, and and essentially we we don't want to you know kill off the digester uh, and essentially cut off our nose to spite our face. And on that point, we also want to consider how the various um, environmental credits or environmental attributes that return value to the farm 
uh, and the digester community are being treated um, currently, be it they, their treatment under the renewable fuel standard um, for the generation of gas, uh, the treatment by the California uh, Air Resources Board, uh, and the treatment um, as a renewable natural gas for those farmers that are taking advantage of the low-carbon fuel standard out of California. Um, we want to be very uh, mindful of potential impacts uh, to those those pathways and the value of those RINs, those environmental attributes that are being returned to the farmer, again, so that we don't in an effort to um, deal with milk disposal, we don't disrupt a revenue stream that would, you know, that is needed now more than ever mm-hmm. uh, for for dairy farmers. The other thing is that if if your digester is just producing electrons and you're selling electricity under a power purchase agreement, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're probably going to be fine. But the technical concern that I mentioned first is still there mm-hmm. in terms of the the microbial environment, the mm-hmm. gut, if you will, of the digester, mm-hmm. and. Um, and you probably want to check your power purchase agreement just to make sure and, and potentially contact your utility that um, you're not disrupting anything because we don't want to dispose of milk today in a digester and then find out three months later that we've created an e- economic headache. Uh, uh, so eyes wide open. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Dave, you know, you bring up something else. I don't want to throw you for a loop, but I'm curious. Have people reached out to you about some of the contracts that they may have been engaged in? You know, I guess COVID-19 is considered, what would they call it, an act of God or some some unforeseen right. supernatural kind of thing, where a lot of contracts that farmers might have thought were rock solid, suddenly that fine print and things like that are, I'm guessing, surprising some. Yeah, there, there's no doubt about it. We have a, we have a. I was t- talking with you earlier about how we formed teams here at the law firm so that we can be ready to respond to client needs in this situation. We've got a team of people that are, you know, um, ankle deep in uh, the the the, um, the CARES Act and the various uh, uh, stimulus relief packages. Um, we know that phase four of relief uh, is being talked about right now in D.C. We've got people that are participating in that process on behalf of various industry sectors as they look to infrastructure. And then we've got a team of lawyers that specialize in, in contract um, disputes, if you will, and you know are ready to advise on what the law surrounding force majeure uh, is and, and how uh, COVID-19 can, can, um, can be relied upon. I, it, it is important, Pam, as you mentioned, that you know there is no blanket rule here. You have to look at the language of these supply contracts. You have to look at the language of uh, forward contracts, et cetera, et cetera, to see what uh, that language specifies. And additionally, um, there's going to be a lot of disputes about people potentially utilizing the COVID-19 uh, for a commercial purpose, right, uh, with respect to a comment, uh, uh, contract, and you would need to actually point to causation. And mm. by that, I mean, you know, you have to be in position to show uh, that the that the pandemic has impacted you, be it workforce, be it materials, et cetera, et cetera, your ability to perform under that under that contract. So mm. it's a, it's a very important uh, area where we're we're going to see you know disputes as this rolls forward. Boy, it sounds to me like you're going to be one busy fellow and the rest of your team as well. <laughs> well, we're here for our clients, so we're here to to be ready to give them the best service that they expect, and um, and and we'll be ready to help. 
You know, Dave, I just got to ask you on kind of a personal side. You've been so connected with so many of our farming operations across the state through thick and thin. When you're having conversations with uh, some of your folks, even if it's just a conversation, nothing business related, are you noticing a a change in the tone of their voice or are they still uh, sounding resilient to all this insanity? Well, you know the farm community, Pam, better than anybody, and you know how optimistic and resilient and um, hardworking they are, and and they keep going, right? Um, uh, when it, I think it was Winston Churchill that said, "When you're going through hell, keep going," um, and and so these are special people, and and um, but I will say there is a lot of stress in in the communities out there, um, you know, people that I'm talking with, as you mentioned, just clients, you know, touching base. Um, there's a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety. Um, the, I want to remind everyone about the Wisconsin Farm Center at DACAP, um, staffed 24 hours a day, uh, uh, 1-800 number uh, with professionals there to help, uh, financial counseling. There are also, I don't know all the details, but there are also um, certificates for mental health services that are offered through the Wisconsin Farm Center. It's a great resource and one that farmers should not be embarrassed in these times to, uh, to turn to because we all need to lean on each other and get through this together. That's right, and the farmer is not the only one that can call anybody. That number again, 800-942-2474 for the Farm Center Hotline, 800-942-2474. David Kras along with us, one of the industry best when it comes to helping farm families, agribusinesses, and our food partners through this challenging COVID-19 situation. He's a partner with Michael Best Law Firm in Madison. I'm Pam Yonke.